the world is changing. 51 years ago, the War of the Wilds came to a stalemate. The people of the Grainor Peninsula set all plant life ablaze to stop the stranglehold and built a mighty wall to keep the wilds at bay. All the while, they sat atop their monument, never truly knowing why this all began. A likeness of peace blanketed the blasted lands. One year ago, it all changed. An ancient god, once bound by old magic, found himself free and took his vengeance as his shackles were shattered. The mountainous city of Bulwark paid a grave price, but in the wake of this destruction comes the first glimpses of the possibility for true and honest peace. Our heroes venture from their familiar homeland into the fullness of what their world was before the war, a world they've touched but never truly seen. They find themselves caught between a land that has tried to end their lives hundreds of times over and a country they helped decimate. Under the canopy, they seek glory, truth, and salvation. The world is changing, and their hands will guide it. Hello, and welcome back to another path. My name is Chase, and I continue to be your GM. Today, the Decimators meet the leaders of their long-hated enemy. Thank you to our backers, Tyler, Joel, and Ice Tear Brewing for their support. If you happen to be listening to this the week it comes out, on Saturday, July 18th at 5pm, we're going to be doing our first live-streamed game. Zach is going to be running some Ghostlight and Ghostlight-adjacent folks through a game of Monster Hearts, a powered by the Apocalypse TTRPG that simulates the fun and adventure of supernatural dramas like Buffy or Supernatural. Again, that's July 18th at 5pm Eastern, and we'd love it if you'd join us. With that, sit back, relax, and enjoy your trip down another path um in other news i think um i think i'm a big boy now you think you're a big boy now um, i got what? your second uh wedding invitation so it, it, it was yeah. a save the date it was a save the date finally pushed it over the edge um no um there have been times within the last couple days where like i'll be watching something and then some of my facial hair kind of creeps into my mouth while it's still attached <laughs> to my face. Good for you. I know. I think I'm a big boy now, guys. That's what did it? That's yeah, amazing. Like, like, yeah, like, like, wait one second. Eh, eh, wait, it's a little eh, twirl. Oh, oh wait, yeah, you can twirl, twirl it. There you go, yeah. Uh, there you go. I, I can get a little twist on it. Oh, oh there twist. you go. Look at this quadrain yeah. of beard boys. Yeah. Have you figured out yet that uh, you can't sleep on the same side all the time because it'll just like stick out? Oh, if it goes the wrong direction. No, because yeah. it's it's not I have quite. Not noticed that. It's not quite long enough, so I don't, I don't know if that's a. I also just have very fine hair. Like I don't want to like boast myself up. My hair is definitely my best feature, um, and I feel like it translates where it's just like it's just kind of. It just kind of sits well. Now, for the record, Aside from Zach, this, this doesn't sit well. For the record, Zach, when is the last time you shaved? How long have you been working on this? Um, I I trim it pretty like pretty frequently. I think the last time I sort of trimmed it down was maybe like a like a week and a half ago. And, All, right. And, All right, and it's sort it's sort of accelerated to a a a, 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 a stick into the mouth length. There, there <laughs> you go. Yeah. You're 25, right? I'm 27. You're 27? Yeah, Zach and I turned 27 who's, in May. Who's 25? Who is 25? Because somebody was just talking about turning Nicole's 25. Nicole's 25. She turns 25 next week. 
That's what it is. Yes. Okay. That's why I had 25 in my head. But yeah, no, 27. That's about when my facial hair really started to come in. Because I had... I had facial hair, like, right out of college, but that's because it was right after the incident and I couldn't shave for several months. The incident. I was going to ask if you were one of those, because every high school had a couple dudes that had full beards when Mm -hmm. they were, like, We had a few of them. God, no. Yeah. That was was my... Oh, it's going to enter the podcast. I don't know if it's entered the podcast before. Uh That was my friend Kyle. Your friend Kyle. Kyle. I love my friend Kyle. (laughs) Kyle's Kyle's great. I don't think he listens to the show, but... Damn it, Kyle. Kyle could be better. my friend Kyle. Yeah, now there was this guy (laughs) named David um, in my high school, um, and he would shave just half of his beard. He would like he would grow it all the way out, and then and then like just shave half of it for a day, just because. Bro, top bo- top half, no, no, bottom he, half side. Oh, so like 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 the nose, and, and just across the vertical. Yeah, axis. across the vertical axis. So he would he two faced it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, he's he was an awesome dude. He just felt like being weird sometimes. So he'd grow it out, go. and if he felt like shaving it, like for one day, he would just shave half of it. And then the next day he'd come in and be barefaced. There are worse was... things to be known for. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's a good guy. I like David. Yeah. No, I like that I energy. Did, I did have facial hair in high school, uh, but it was not the full beard because it, it wasn't quite right. I didn't get the full beard until like 19 or 20. But I was in uh, a uh, production of A Christmas Carol when one way or another for like 10 years in a row. So starting at about 14, 15, I was able to train my face to grow out some wicked sideburns. <laughs> Once a you know, year, you know, every year. For Christmas Carol. So <laughs> See, I've, I've always burning. had like like long yeah, once, like yeah. long burns. Your sideburns are killer. Yeah, like like I've I've always had pretty good burns. It's just the the rest doesn't has never been like it's just it would stop there. Um, mm. I just punched my mic. Kind of connecting there. the dots on the face. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. See, it's just one of those yeah, things where, like, it's like my like it's pretty like even. It's just it's bl- also invisible. It's just blonde <laughs> and invisible. And this um, has been uh, our beard pilot talk. episode of Ghostlight Media presents Beard Talk. I yeah. did try beard oil for the first time two weeks ago. Isn't that nice? It was nice. It's, yeah, it's my, my older brother makes beard oil. Yeah, we talked about it on oh. the show. And and yeah, no, it was not, It smells delightful. So like you know, it's all over, and I would just kind of get whiffs of it every once in a while. I'm like, oh, this is great. Right now, in in the mask times, beard oil is so good. Oh, that's fair, yeah. Oil it up and then put your mask on and you're just smelling delightful all day? When I was at the bank, like, I needed to, because I got a, a beard lotion for Christmas um, that has this kind of like a bourbon tobacco smell Ooh, to it. So nice. kind of pop Smoky. that up there, throw the mask on, and then, yes, I am trapped in a humid mess with my face all day, but at least it smells okay. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. I like it. We rejoin our heroes at the main gates of Lee. It is a relatively calm morning. Clear skies surround the city. Packed and trampled snow is about you. And the gates to this ancient, at least at its core, ancient city stand wide open for you. In front of you, there is a incredibly shinily dressed knight, an elf by the name of Lieutenant Bellator. Excellent. 
you will be the ones known as, and they look down at a pad in their hands. Please don't say the decimators. Please don't say the decimators. The decimators. Damn it. Actually, I... Did we come up with it? I look at the guys. Did we come up with a new name? We, we did, but now I am sort of we, drawing we a did, blank. We did, but that was for our fighting personas. Oh, yes, that's that was fair. It was the new rabble. Yeah, that's us. Excellent. That's some shiny armor. Excellent. You will come with me. Please gather up on your striders. We will make our way through the city. Thank you. There is a small procession that we will have as we ride. We will be meeting with the archbishops as we reach the heart of the city. Any questions? Has the other delegation from uh, Beyond the Wall arrived yet? They have not. We anticipate their arrival uh, within the next two days. Very well. Thank you. Very good. They mount their own Kyrup Strider. It is a, a, a shiny black one. They make their way into the city. You follow? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your riding order? I'm fine being in the front. Classic formation. Jackson in the front. Sphere in the back. Me in the middle. Yeah. Tough guy sandwich. Mm -hmm. Well, technically <laughs> warlock sandwich. Yeah, it'd be a warlock yeah. sandwich. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, Chiron's with us and Master B's with us. You're essentially riding two abreast. Uh, Amareya takes front next to you, Jackson. Mordecai, you've got Chiron next to you. And then uh, Zephyr, it is the two dragonborn warlocks bringing up the rear. Looking fresh as hell. Absolutely. Jackson, so tell me, what are you wearing as you... How did you decide to present yourself as you entered the city? Um, officially. Officially, uh, uh, Jackson is... Uh, his armor is obviously being uh, fixed up and enhanced inly already at the uh, the iron thistle. This is the, probably the most uh, he's ever actually put into like his appearance. I think. Mm -hmm. Not to say he hasn't before, but to say he's he's doing his best to look fresh to death. Certainly. Actually, this would be a question he would have asked Amareya. Actually, would it be mm -hmm. if he should wear the purple dragon or not. If you would like to. I think that would be appropriate. Do you think uh, many people would recognize it for what it is? No. But sometimes the question is more valuable than the knowledge. I can live with that. Cool. So Jackson's got a giant... Um, he's got a, uh, uh, a, a kind of a fancy doublet, actually, type thing going on. Uh, it's got the tied-together sleeves all the way down. Nice, nice, nice. And it's, it is a purple dragon, and the, the head goes down one sleeve, and the tail goes down the other. Excellent. Um, so you see the side of it, and then he does, um, uh, and then he's got uh, the uh, the plane watch cloak flapping in the breeze. Good. Good, good, good. Got big Barney vibes going there. Got that purple and green. I thought you meant how I met your mother, so I was trying to figure that oh, one out. No, I, I, <laughs> Suit up! No, like, I love you, you love me, Barney. Mordecai. What am I wearing? Yes, what are you wearing? Who are you wearing? <laughs> hey. Who, who am I wearing? Uh, hey, Mordecai, I'm wearing a, wearing? Uh, Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Mr. Sebulwerk. Yes, you there in the, the ears. Yeah, yes. uh, uh, Cliff Hoofman, Minotaur Times. Um, oh, thank you, Cliff. Who are you wearing, bud? Well, that's a great question, Cliff. I'm wearing a Greenstone original. <laughs> so I'm actually really hyped for... Um, can we call her our official artist, Maddie? She's our official She's artist, our official right? Artist. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I've gotten the mock-up of of Mordecai's next like this his like Lee outfit. Oh basically. yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of similar stuff, but like it's winter as well. So mm-hmm. like the it's, he's not wearing just the kilt anymore. Sure, um, the boy does have pants, much to her chagrin, but um, <laughs> the kilt's still there. It's just kind of like. Uh, it's like a skirt uh, with like, leggings situation. It's like yeah, it's like hitched up a little bit, crosses in the front, tall boots up to the knee that have like the leather wraps around them. Mm-hmm. Um, Fur trimmed cloak for the winter. The same same general Mordecai aesthetic with the like the, still the like the wooden pauldron mm-hmm. and the bits of fur and bone along the arms, keeping it rustic. Big belts, yeah. It's 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 what he's really come accustomed to, and Mordecai like. He he likes what he wears, you know. He doesn't try to outdo it or anything like that. Now those and are plus, those are in fact the boots with the fur, with the fur, with the fur. Mordecai does see himself in a a little bit as the cross between the two sides of this. Mm-hmm. Like he is a shifter from with atta- like life attachments to each side of this war and this wall, and trying to just dressed like himself is his way of kind of staying in that neutral zone. He's not really trying to take like a specifically Gregorian or a wild sort of aesthetic. Excellent. But he looks good. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um all right. And Zephyr, what are what you got going on? Uh yeah, I mean it's Pretty much what he ended up buying from Bryce's gallery, his sort of sleeveless robes, a lot of sort of purple, some brown, some black, some gray, a lot of mixture of sort of natural elements. Um, to reference the the fantastic art of of Maddie that will hopefully be up for all of our viewers to see, viewers, mm-hmm. listeners to look at. Soon. They will be viewing the art. Our listeners to view a cool sort of like fur-lined, like, shoulder bit. I don't know how to describe it. And there's a lot of cool eye motif to it, um, which is rad. So you are starting to make your way into the city. And you've been in Lee before, but this does feel different. It feels much more processional. There are not a lot of people lining the streets, but you are definitely sweeping some uh, shoppers and laborers out of their way, and they do pause to watch you. Jackson, what is something in the crowd that catches your eye? Jackson is doing his best to look like what he imagines someone Regal looks like. Like, he's doing his best to remember every way that he is, uh, how, how he has seen Saphir as an elf hold himself. <laughs> uh, but he's also trying to remember how um, King Graynor presented himself, too, when oh, we absolutely. met him. So he's, he's got all of this going on as he's trying very, very hard to put on this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we are here, we are important, we are powerful um, persona. Um, so that, that so that we are remembered and not fucked with because that would be bad. Uh, but as he's he's very distracted, so I think at one point he does almost ri- like ride into a fruit cart. Mm-hmm. He, he does like start to take notice of uh, you know and pay attention to okay, don't don't run into this, don't run into that. But takes notice of you know like the individual carts of maybe the people who are being pushed out of the way, mm-hmm. um, and and, and tr- sees you know the 
the sparse wares that some of them are selling and the 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 cobbled together nature and hard lives that some of these people still live and it does give him just another just that extra little point of you know maybe we're not all that different absolutely you watch these people who you've never met but their stories are all over their faces um and it's a story that you've seen and heard many times before um, you see Amareya Dejani riding next to you since you left underground. This is really the first time he's been in a city like this. I mean, you've been in the other little towns and whatnots, but so far when you've been in Lee, he has kept himself pretty well ensconced into the locked cask. Uh, and now you are here on a main thoroughfare in the closest thing to a metropolis that any of you have been in since uh, your last trip to Graynor, whenever that was for you. How are you, uh, how are you doing there, Amareya? I'm... I'm alright. This has to be a lot. Yes, but it could be more, I suppose? Well, Zephyr said there was a giant parade yesterday, so we're not in that, so that's good. Good. But still, I would assume that we might have to we might have to like do a scene in flashback here. I don't know, but I would assume that we would at some point have very specifically talked about how we were going to present Amareya. From what you understand, from what Amber I told you at the very beginning of all of this, um, yeah. the at the very least, the bishops know exactly who Johnny is. Okay, so this this will eventually be his big moment exactly this is at least approaching it okay. because they are aware of not only who he is but how he can return to his full power with that in mind i'll say the like the night before or whatever we did spend uh jackson spent a little extra time like polishing himself up and everything but knowing that johnny would not be johnny tomorrow and would be amarea um spent a decent amount of time going like okay i gotta i gotta polish up your armor i gotta make sure you look good we're gonna make sure we gotta beat the dent out of this we gotta make sure that you look right as close to a god as we can make you absolutely and um you absolutely do that kind of in that uh that few hour period between uh you waking up and leaving to uh the iron thistle absolutely could have done that great mordecai you are yeah. riding through the city, and uh, you keep getting just a little bit distracted by Chiron, who keeps flexing his newly forged hand, uh, just kind of turning it over. Um, the slightly metallic sheen catches just a little bit yeah. of the light in kind of a surreal, unnatural way. Uh, but when you're not being distracted by that, what is catching your eye in the crowd? I'd be curious to see if there were... Because I had an encounter at a very small shrine to the guides. I'd be curious to see if there were... Sympathizers isn't the right word, but like displaced Greynor natives or people who hold to the guides here in Lee if they were out watching us mm -hmm. and trying to see what they... How they, how they were... Uh, thinking about us. Roll me a perception check. Oop, on the table. Half hill. Friend of the show. 
Um, not great. <laughs> 12. 12. Honestly, that's enough. And any of you guys who have a passive that beats a 12, you would see this as well. As you are riding through the city, uh, you do every so often catch a glimpse of a flag from back home being momentarily unfurled out of a window. It's just a moment of solidarity. But you can see they don't know exactly who you are or what you are, but they they know you are an emissary from the other side and... Yeah the closest thing to a friendly face that a lot of people have seen. Uh, you do specifically see a planes watch flag. You do very specifically see a flag that has the, uh, the lines of the guides. Wow. I'll take a second, uh, and make sure like when I see the planes watch flag to like, just, just like point and acknowledge or something and wave to them. See if I can make someone fall out of a window. You see a human woman, older than you expected, certainly, for somebody who possibly was displaced within the past year. Uh, whoever, However they got here, they had a hard and long journey to get here. But you see this older woman lean out and give you a very tentative wave before she grabs the flag and ducks back in. That's enough. That's good enough. Hello! Uh, you let out your hello, Mordecai, and, um, uh, an individual with the guide's flag, um, leans out and does not so quickly pull the flag back in. And it's just kind of, uh, he leans out with, uh, we'll go ahead and call it a breakfast stout and kind of cheerses it to you and drinks deep. Hey. Um, Zephyr. You ride along, and it's you and Master B in the back, and Balet is very reserved, taking it all in. He does this a lot, you've noticed, in over the past year as you two have gotten to know each other. He is just perpetually observant, constantly taking notes. What what do you see? What is, in the crowd catches your eye? I think it's kind of a mix of he's seeing those that um, are sort of tentative and maybe even a little sort of afraid of what's happening and I think that this kind of he has a sterner look on his face than he realizes and is sort of really focused on what's about to happen and what he needs to do Mm -hmm. absolutely so you are you are barreling like head straight forward you're trying to do your best to not get sidetracked at all and your your eyes end up falling on your honor guard more often than not uh you see uh the lieutenant at the head um riding their their strider like an absolute pro there's a lot of sway to a strider just in how it moves because it's, it's a bat walking on the ground there's not an overabundance of grace until they get up there into the trees you feel like this would be a good mount for maybe going in between very narrow buildings which is why they may keep them here but on the actual streets themselves the six of you are kind of swaying back and forth with the natural rhythm of your beasts the lieutenant is not uh whether it is training on their part or the striders they are completely you know they are as barreled ahead as you are it takes 
probably about half an hour straight of riding down the most direct path in order to get to where you are heading. The Hall of Open Secrets lies at the heart of the city. All three of you have seen this place in some respect. It occupies the same square as the Unstrung Bow, which, uh, Zephyr, you especially, your eyes are immediately drawn to this bar that you have had several drinks at uh, within the last 24 hours. Yeah. Much alcohol was consumed in a very short time. Yeah. Yes. It was a day. It was a day. We walked the length of the city. (laughs) Why am I sad now? You don't got to be sad till next Friday. It's fine. We did look around look around how lucky you are to be alive right now guys i'm so excited to watch hamilton in my auditorium oh fair i don't have many perks in this job but the ones i do have they're pretty good they're pretty good you arrive in the main square of the holy district of the city The Old District, as it is called, this is the beating heart and soul of Lee. And as you arrive, you very clearly see where you are headed. There is a small but prominent group of individuals gathered waiting for you. And in the heart of it, right outside the Hall of Open Secrets, there are two elves, a shifter, and a shoebill aracocra standing in very fine robes. Most of the people that have come to see you uh, are from the various uh, holy aspects of the city. You do have a couple of people that seem a little bit more plainly dressed. These folks seem to be people who may be running the city itself. The Hall of Open Secrets is the same big cathedral building that Zephyr went to? Yeah, that's the one that I went to. So the huge vaulted ceilings and... All right, cool, cool, cool. Jackson, real quick, roll me um, a history at advantage because you are recalling something that happened yesterday. Oh, boy. We drank a lot yesterday. You did. You did a lot yesterday. It was a big day. day. I have nat 20 that, so... The booze helps, apparently. Apparently. So uh, among the crowd, you do see one singular... Guildmaster, the master of the Fletcher's Guild, uh, because you nat 20'd it. Uh, I will tell you oh, that I, the Fletcher's Guild, that is Fior. Yes, it is. Of the Fletcher's Guild. Fior of the Fletcher's did Guild. Did I write down, did I write down Fior's race? I did not write down Fior's race. Fior is a shifter. Uh, even a quick glance in her direction, because she is appraising each of you. She does not remember you at all. Perfect. I wasn't even trying to be sneaky, and I'm sneaky. Man, it's good to be an elf. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm an elf. Your group approaches. Chiron breaks with you, Mordecai, and moves to the head. Bishops, pleasure to see you again. It is Messus, the Archbishop of Reaping, who steps forward. Thank you, Chiron. Your journey has gone well, then. Aye. It has. Very good. Your pay will be taken care of momentarily. I thank you for your continued service to the light of the lords. And she approaches you all, moving pretty brusquely past this individual that she is barely noting. 
now that his service is complete. I dismount. Yeah, same. I don't know if we have that. There's a, a hitching post. For? A hitching post. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. That's not what Jackson does. Jackson's going to play this up. He holds the reins out and waits for someone to take him. As you do that, a individual in similar to the, the, the guard garb uh-huh. that has been riding with you does walk up and takes your reins. Mordecai, Zephyr, same thing. Thank As you step off, off the reins, give Amber a pet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zephyr will step forward and, and give just a, a mm-hmm. sort of nod of the head. Archbishop Messis, it is very good to meet you. And you as well, Zephyr Shenestilioth. Uh, these are my companions, of course, Jackson mm-hmm. Silver. And this is more. And she Silver. approaches each, as, each of you and shakes your hand exactly once with a cold grip and single pump. As yeah, as she, uh, she comes up and takes my hand, I, in the politest way that Mordecai knows how, will correct uh, Greenstone. Mordecai Greenstone. Greenstone. Noted. Apologies. We hadn't talked about it. I think I just made the decision myself. Okay. I mean, I'm a captain. <laughs> captain. Captain. We are uh, we are aware of all of your rankings within the military of the Grainor Peninsula, were we not? That's good because I'm sort of not aware. Um... Warlocks, I know, occupied a unfortunate position. That we did. We really did. <laughs> we are uh... hopeful that, as a part of these negotiations, that such oversight to individuals' natural gifts to being able to broker with beings from beyond this world are no longer... Well, I believe you understand where we're coming from. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And you. And her eyes turn to Amareya Dejani. I step forward and say, may I present the god formerly known as Amareya Dejani. Ha ha! Thank you. And I wait for the, I wait for the music. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll make some with like, minor illusion or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Thanks, Sophia. Just just a very like lackluster like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also this is Baylet Haram. Uh, also Baylet Haram, yes. Hello, but most mostly God, yes. Um, we understand. Baylet steps forward, shakes her hand, and then she moves to Amareya Dejani. And she just kind of looks him up and down and shakes his hand. So much trouble for you. Very good. Please, allow me to introduce my fellows. You have all been so polite. Of course, we have... Um, If you don't mind, Chase, I'm going to attempt to show off here a bit. Do it! Do it! Do it! Do it! Before she can finish her sentence, he goes, no need. Um, And I'll I'll do the same sort of nods. uh, Mm -hmm. First to the the Aarakocra... Uh, Archbishop Terbeto, and then to the shifter, Archbishop Grex, and to uh, the elf with the, the, the valet, Archbishop Ligo. It is very good to meet you all. I would like you to roll me an accidental intimidation check. Ooh, I do love that. My boy. Damn. I have a very good intimidation, too. We did our fucking homework. It took games. Yes. That's a 23. 23? You look messes in the eye and you have her 
actually taken aback, which you can tell just from her bearing does not happen. I kind of give a, a slight lean in her direction. I go, we did that homework too. Clearly. Mm. Well done. Very well. However, you did miss one very important member of our team, as I, I, I did I, I, earlier. I, I, hold, 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 hold. Thank you, hold. Holding. Thank you, holding. Thank you, holding. I, I say, yes, and speaker of the tangle, Agus, I'm very sorry for forgetting about you. And Agus nods. <laughs> Griffin is so proud of you, Zach. <laughs> Damn. And for those of you at home, this is a great example of why you should take notes. Take notes. At least someone in your party take notes. Designate a Do scribe. It. Your DM goes to a lot of trouble making interesting names. Just write them down. <laughs> you don't even have to spell them right. You can spell them phonetically. Phone- I, I spell them phonetically all the time. And you see a similar looks go across the faces of the individual standing across from you. Messis is absolutely reeling for as much as somebody in their station has the... They're a bit gobsmacked? Yeah, a little gobsmacked. That's a good word for it. Turbedo? Hard to read, Aarakocra, especially a shoebill Aarakocra, what with the beak and all. It makes it a little, little turkey. Yeah. But um, their wide eyes certainly give away uh, that they were not expecting you to be quite so well informed at this point. Grex, the shifter, honestly looking a little bit like Mordecai right now. They are not taken aback. They are highly amused. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Ligo, the Bishop of the Tangle, and Aegis are both, uh, I'll go ahead and say, please just punch that you did this amount of research. Can I do my thing I normally do when I meet shifters, shifter, uh, rough and tumble looking folk? Can I size him up? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Is he bigger than me? (laughs) I mean, I I, want to get the sense of if this guy is a, with my limited knowledge of the faith of Mavo, all I know is my dad and my uncle were both acolytes at one point, and my dad became a soldier. I want to know if, like, stuff like that is built in, if there's, like, a, a martial aspect to the faith. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read him to see if he's, like, a fighter type. Roll me, roll me a perception check. Oh, yeah. Uh, 23. He is a martial type a bit, but there is more of an aspect of uh, of a scholar to him. He looks like he could certainly hold his own in a fight. You would rather not go up against him. All right. You think if maybe all three of you were in a fight, maybe you could take him. Oh, okay. Maybe. But this is also a literal leader of a faith of a people that up until pretty recently, y'all considered fairly warlike. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, we still consider them fair, fairly warlike. We're just not looking to go to war with them. Fair. Um, real quick, have we been able to sort of get an indication as far as like Archbishop's pronouns, how they go? Like Grex, I'm assuming is he him. Yes, Grex is he him. Turbedo is he him. Messis is she her. Ligo is she her. And Agus is she they. 
Uh, Grex, the least taken aback out of all of them, will speak up. You are, as a matter of fact. We are happy to have you here, though. While there are private conversations we must have with all parties attending, we know that yours are of a very specific nature due to Master Amorea Dejani's... Let's go ahead and call it a condition. I love Grex. I was I was going to say status, <laughs> but condition works. I'm getting big, the, the boulder energy from Grex. <laughs> <laughs> the boulder! But enough of that. Please, come on in. Uh, we've got, uh, clearly we need to have some words. Great. Are we doing words now, or was this the formal presentation, and then we go separately, and then we come back later, and then it's a whole thing? Oh, it's gonna be a whole thing, and at this point, he's just walked over to y'all. So, let me give you a breakdown of the agenda of what's going on here. We're gonna go upstairs, and we're gonna have a discussion, and we're gonna break down pretty much whatever you want to know, and what's gonna be happening in the upcoming days as far as, uh, well, you... Your holiness. And I'm Maria Dejani Nods. Rest of the crew should be here roundabouts tomorrow or the next day. Uh, you will, of course, have rooms here in the tower by uh, for uh, however long the peace talks actually take, should you decide to stick around for them. Um, once we pass on our message, you are free to leave if you'd like, though I imagine you would probably like to stick around and weigh in where you can. Definitely, yes. Um, we have come this far. I, I would love to step inside. Uh, as an amateur musician, I pat my, mm-hmm. my mandolin. Uh, I've heard great stories of the acoustics of your... Pet. It is something else. Absolutely. Come on in. Oh, and before I forget, Penat, Pen, and another halfling walks up right next to him. His hands are clasped together, and he nods. Hello there, boys. Hello. 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 My name is Penitus. You may call me Penat. I am the major domo of this temple. I will be seeing to uh, making sure that you are comfortable during your stay. If there is anything you need, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Is there anything specific you would like in your rooms while I prepare them? Um, a little bit of port would be great if you have it. I um, think we could manage that. That would be fantastic, thank you. Was it specified if we have, uh, are we in the same sort of living suite? Um, you like have not been informed as of yet. Okay. I'll, okay. I'm good. I'll just it's fine. We'll, uh, we'll see it and we'll get back to you. Very Penot, good. was it? Penat, yes. Penat. Nice to meet you, Penat. And the archbishop we were talking to was Grex? Grex. Mm-hmm. Grex, okay. Very good, boys. You have yourself a fantastic day. I will be speaking with you tonight, I am sure. And Penetus walks away and actually begins to lead the procession into the temple. You all get a good number of stairs as you uh, enter into the very finely kept grounds of the Temple of Open Secrets. And are, for those of you that haven't been in there, maybe a little floored as you walk into easily one of the most finely and pristinely decorated rooms that you have been in since the decimation itself. This is a place that is well-kept and well-manicured. It would not have looked out of place at all back home. The Hall of Open Secrets gets its name because you can't keep a secret. The acoustics in here, you can be heard anywhere. Even those in the crowd must remain silent during a sermon, lest their voice be overtake those on the central podium 
Some see this as a weakness of the space. Others see it as a way to maintain order where all can be heard. You make your way to the central platform. There is a pause as Messis reaches the central platform where you see nothing. There's a moment where they are fumbling with something on a dais near the side. It doesn't take a roll to see that they're looking a little frustrated, like something isn't working, when suddenly a spiral staircase appears in front of you. Please follow me. Aha. Uh-huh. Great. Oh. Neat trick. Thank you. It is uh, one of the finer pieces, although it seems like the magic in it... <sighs> We'll have to call somebody to get that fixed. Oh, I think I know why. Do, 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 do. Penitence, if you could please. And uh, he nods and uh, takes a ledger out of a bag and quickly jots a note down to have that taken care of. And you all ascend. Uh, it is a pretty large and winding spiral staircase where uh, you pretty quickly find yourself in a elegantly decorated foyer. Um, there's a diagram of the tower kind of inset into the wall and another staircase separate from the spiral one heading further up, which you are immediately led up to another landing with a door. The door opens and you are in a very fine conference room. A long stone and wood table greets you with comfortable wooden chairs, lining plenty, more than enough, easily 30 chairs in here. Near the end of the table, there are drinks of both alcoholic and non-alcoholic varieties sitting there and water already poured into glasses. Beautiful. Thank you. Penitus nods and leaves your crew with the archbishops, and they gesture to the tables. Please. Sit. Yeah, I'll grab. I'll pour myself a beverage and I'll, I'll sit okay. down. Go grab some water. See if Amaria needs anything. No, thank you. I assume this is a we're on one side of the table and they're on the other side of the table situation. Effectively. Great. Yeah, I, I get a glass of port and then I get a little glass of water that I sit on the table and Rogar kind of <laughs> down and is sort of like dipping his face in in the Very glass. Very good. Like, Very good. I want to. I want to do something, Chase. Okay. I think Jackson has been around Master B and enough of everything now that he understands the political games a little bit and he wants to try to do something. Okay. The, I'm going to I want to try and do something that simultaneously is trying to establish like we're here, we're powerful, don't mess with us, but also is kind of an olive branch of uh, of connection. Okay. Jackson uh heads down to the front of the the, the head of the table and takes one of the chairs from our side and scoots it around and uh, gestures for Amare to sit at the head. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sit down next to him on our side. If there's a placard with his name on it, I absolutely move it. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll just press it. I, I press the digitate one for you. Oh, nice. Perfect. Thank you, Zephyr. Yeah, you're welcome. It's got all the correct apostrophes and uh, uh, it's spelled correctly in, in two different languages. It's got Braille on the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> you do that, Zephyr. At, what is your passive perception? Uh, only 14. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, you hear Augustus standing next to you saying, oh, that's how you spell it. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> you do that, and Amaranda Dejani takes his seat at the head of the table, 
as these archbishops sit on one side and all of you sit on the other. Amaria Dejani looks at the room appraisingly and looks at you all and looks at them. Very good. Let us begin. Thank you for joining us here on Another Path. You can find our website and merch store at anotherpathpodcast.com, on Twitter at anotherpathpod, and our network at ghostlightmedia.net. You can support our efforts by donating at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. A special thanks to our donor, Nathan N., or by giving us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher will let you. You could find me on Twitter at TQLoudly, Ryan at Ryan underscore Albrecht, Griffin at Griff Golden, Zach at that guy, Zach Rob. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, and until then, remember that note-taking is vital in most walks of life. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.